Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Living Better in San Diego, a public service presentation of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. I'm Gary Lee. The San Diego River Park Foundation is a grassroots nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a river that is healthy, beautiful, and a place for the community to go to for generations to come. By doing so, they're also enhancing the quality of life in San Diego. Joining us this morning is the San Diego River Park Foundation Community Engagement Manager, Allie Wellborn. Welcome, Allie. Good morning. Nice to have you on the show this morning. Uh, Can you give us a a little background as we get started here, a little background information on your organization, the San Diego River Park Foundation? Sure, sure. So the San Diego River Park Foundation, uh, what we do is we work along the entire 52 miles of our San Diego River. And um, we were founded in 2001. So in 2001, we had the largest sewage spill in Southern California history. Over 34 million gallons of sewage uh, flowing into the river at Alvarado Creek, which is over by state. And a group of concerned volunteers came together, and out of that, they founded our organization. So today, we work along that entire river. We want to make sure a tragedy like that never happens again. Um, We want to make sure that people know about the river, they enjoy the river as a a resource, and that they are caring for the river so that we can provide a voice for the river and make sure that any sort of threat happened is caught early and we are able to advocate on behalf of our San Diego River. So what is the mission then of your organization? So our mission then is that we are engaging the community to create a better future for our river. So like I said, we're getting people out there, they're active, they know what's going on, they're aware of our river, and then we're all working together to provide that voice to create a better future. Now, you are a grassroots organization, right? Nonprofit. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. So we are a membership-based organization located here in San Diego. And grassroots, of course, uh, we have over 8,000 annual volunteers engaged in all the work that we do. So you're connecting people to the river, conserving mm-hmm. local resources. And to achieve that goal, of course, you've got to partner with all kinds of people, various agencies, business mm-hmm. and civic leader and other organizations, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the great thing is is our river so long that it flows through so many jurisdictions that we have an opportunity to work with state bodies, to work with private landowners, to work with uh, city governments, to work with uh, other nonprofits on this project. And so we're really engaging, you know, everything from your small neighborhood group, you know, the, the the friends of the river mouth, all the way up to the city of San Diego, the state of California, the city of Santee, so on and so forth. Now, the uh, the foundation also is enhancing the quality of life in San Diego. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. dive into that a little bit more sure. <laughs> in just a bit. But first of all, I, I did have someone from the uh, the foundation on uh, yeah. the show several years ago. I believe it was uh, the president and CEO, Rob Hutzel. Uh-huh, yep. How long have you been with uh, the organization? Uh, so I've been with the organization, depends how you count. <laughs> uh, I volunt- I first did my internship with the organization when I was an undergrad at UCSD in 2008. And I've been a staff member. I've been volunteering on and off since then. And then I've been a staff member since 2016. 
so a few years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what was it that drew you to this organization? Yeah, yeah. So for me, um, I was an undergrad, like I said, I was studying ecology at the time. And so I was kind of just looking to, to check my internship box, as it were. Uh, but the really great thing about being involved at that time um, was my role was community outreach intern. So what I was doing is I was going out to events, I was sitting behind a table, and I was telling people about the organization, interfacing with members of the public all along the river. So at the time, the the high appeal for me was I was studying science in the classroom, and then I had a context to communicate that science when talking about the habitat, when talking with the envi- about the environment out in the community in the context of our river. I think now the thing that's really fun is is taking that that small piece that I had as an intern and and expanding it into a much bigger role. So I think for me the really exciting part, and I know we'll talk about this in a little bit, is the vision of the river park because I think it takes this small piece of Nature that that I think people can glom onto, and it makes it something that's going to be a resource for our whole community. So it's really exciting to get out there to discuss with people not only about our San Diego River as it exists, but where the future of it is going. Now, the San Diego River, uh, you mentioned, what, 52 miles mm-hmm. long? Yeah, you got it. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the river? Uh, a lot of people know about the San Diego River. We know it exists, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people only know of it as that thing yeah. in Mission Valley that overflows Sure, yeah. <laughs> when we get a heavy rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the San Diego River, it's 52 miles long. It starts in the Santa Isabel Open Space Preserve, which is near Julian, and then it ends out uh, next to Dog Beach and Ocean Beach. Uh, on the way, it passes through the river headwaters, which is mostly composed of the Cleveland National Forest, big open spaces, mountainous, lots of hiking, um, lots of waterfalls in if we get a lot of rain, that sort of thing. And then it continues west, so we go through the El Monte Valley, then through Lakeside, then through Santee, then through Mission Trails Regional Park, then through the Grantville Allied Gardens area, then Mission Valley, then it flows south of Mission Bay Park and out to the Pacific Ocean at Dog Beach. So uh, a lot of folks have been to all those communities all over town and might not know that the river actually flows in a line mostly uh, from the east to the west, a little bit from the north to the south through all those communities. Yeah, see, I knew, well, I know about Santee because yeah. I live there <laughs> yeah. and I live right by the river, um, but I didn't know about Grandville and some of the other yeah. communities that you yeah. mentioned. In a lot of places, the nice thing about the the headwaters and Lakeside, Santee, uh, El Monte Valley is that you have kind of a more wide open space, right? So you can see the river in a lot of places. Uh-huh. Um, and in those places, there's also parkland along a lot of portions of the river. Um, as we start to get, especially once you pass Mission Trails as you're moving west, as we get into Grantville Allied Gardens, Mission Valley, you have this really high urban density along the river, uh, buildings built with their backs actually facing the river. And so people don't always know it's there, um, which is totally understandable if you're driving along the 8. You can't see it from most parts of the 8. Right. Uh, what is the, uh, the San Diego River Park conceptual plan? So that's what I was alluding to earlier. So there is a vision. Our vision uh, is that we're going to create a system of parks, trails, and open spaces along the entirety of the 52 miles of the San Diego River. So that means that there will be a trail that follows the San Diego River. And it's really going to be a green belt that goes all the way from 
the Santa Isabel Open Space Preserve out to Ocean Beach. So it's a resource for our whole community, an open park space um, that is different depending on what part of the community you're in. For example, in uh, East County and Lakeside, where we've got more open spaces, more horseback riding, there'll be equestrian trails. Mm. In urban areas, more uh, there will be bike riding along the whole way, but the more focus on bike riding. So depending where you are, it's really adapted to what the community wants in each of those areas. And and how long is it going to take to do all of this? Uh, the answer is it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the nice thing is that it has been adopted into law. Um, but right now we're working on a few different parts, uh, depending on where you are along the river. So, for example, uh, Santee has completed a lot of its river park. There's a lot of great places to go visit yeah. um, the river park right there. In other parts of town, the river park is still happening. Uh, so it's dependent on uh, planning. It's dependent on funding. It's dependent on individual ownership of parcels along the river. And everything that we do is dictated by the plan. Everything has to fit the parameters set by this initial plan that was conceived. And and this plan is basically, I guess you could say, it's all about finding a balance between people, water, and wildlife, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you mentioned earlier that one thing that people might know about our river is that it floods. So the plan <laughs> includes a plan for flooding. It includes a buffer zone for habitat and wildlife. So it considers the different needs of not only the different people, user groups, and stakeholders, but I guess the different environmental, ecological stakeholders as well who we have to consider um, when, we're con- when we're planning for things like public park spaces. Now, now, how you achieve your goals at the San Diego River Park Foundation uh, is to connect, create, you and conserve. Uh-huh. Let's talk about those three things. Let's start with connect. How are you doing that? Yeah, so our, our motto, as you said, is connect, create, conserve. And that's a really a great shorthand for summarizing this extremely wide breadth of programming that we offer to the community and in protection of our San Diego River. So under that connect category, that's really about connecting people to the resource. So that includes things like free youth education. Uh, we serve um, over 2,500 kids a year, bringing them out to the river for uh, hands on experiences. Uh, It includes our public events. So we do things, uh, we have our San Diego River Days in May and our River Kids Discovery Days in March where we do things like community service and nature walks and hikes and art projects and hands-on science activities and, and things like that. Connect also includes things like guided hikes and nature walks. It includes some of our volunteer opportunities, bringing people out so that they can actually get their hands dirty, help with things like trash cleanup, habitat restoration. All those things help engage people in our river so that they know that it's there and they care about it. And and we here at uh, at this station, our sister stations, we partnered with you, you earlier this year, you didn't did. we? You did, yeah. So you guys came out and helped us clean up trash. Right. And something that's very exciting is we actually just picked up this year our 150,000th <laughs> piece of trash this year. So you guys were a part wow. of that. Uh, today we've picked up over 2 million pounds of trash. Incredible. Yeah. One of the other things, uh, programs within your uh, under the umbrella of Connect is your, uh, you, you have a, a Cool River program, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's our youth education program. As I was saying, it serves oh, okay. 2,500 kids a year. Um, the cool thing about that is uh, what the kids actually do when they come down to the river is they take a sample of river water and they behave as citizen scientists. So they look in that sample of water for macroinvertebrates, which is a fancy way of saying aquatic bugs. And the depending on what the composition of the 
those macroinvertebrates is, how many of a certain species, if we see a wide range of species or if we see one kind, that it's actually an indicator of water quality. So kids are helping us to determine what the quality of the water is at different points along our river. And then you also have uh, neighborhood uh, groups and gardens. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So um, we have a few sites where we've got neighborhood groups, really grassroots organized volunteers that take care of different uh, locations along the river. One example is the Friends of Point Loma Native Plant Garden. I know is super active. And and uh, the create part of uh, your your uh, motto? Yeah, so we did connect. So and we there's a huge there's a lot of programs under each category. So we did connect. So create. Uh, so when we talk about create, we're actually creating things. So uh, we're not only creating that river park, that river long system of parks, trails, and open spaces. We're creating things like. Uh, preserves in the headwaters. We've conserved over 2,000 acres of land in the headwaters of our river. Uh, we're creating things like park enhancements. So in places where the river park is completed, we do things like signage, benches, those sorts of things. And then we're also creating, and I know we'll talk about this in a little bit, a actually education center as well. And, and you have uh, mural projects, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's really cool because that's a good chance for people to get outside and paint uh, right. environmental scenery on roadways that are near the river. It's a great visual key. Hey, the river is right here. And what about land acquisition? Yeah, so I would I would put that more into our conserve category. Uh-huh. Of course, we're creating preserves, but uh, we've, like I said, we've conserved over 2,000 uh, acres of land in the river headwaters, specifically for the purpose of wildlife habitat uh, restoration and um, recreation. So those pieces of land are set aside for wildlife to live there and also for places where people can get out and hike. We see some great megafauna up there. So we see things like foxes, uh, big animals, okay. <laughs> uh, things like foxes, deers, uh, coyotes, mountain lions. Uh, I, we saw a bobcat recently. So pretty cool. Is there more to talk about as far as uh, the conserve portion? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in the conserve category, that's where we do uh, land acquisition, as we mentioned. Um, other things that we do there, we do some habitat restoration work. We do citizen science where we have people actually monitoring water quality, monitoring to see what kind of animals are out along the river, monitoring things like invasive plants, so plants that are not from our region and that are harmful to the local habitat. All that stuff fits in our conserve category. Okay, and and the Healthy River, Healthy Communities program is part of that too, right? I'm so glad you said that because I can't believe I forgot. That's our most famous program. (laughs) (laughs) And I know we talked about it a little bit, but that includes our trash cleanup, our clean river. falls into that Healthy Rivers, Healthy Community. Uh, So a lot of people know us for our trash cleanup. As I said, uh, we've picked up over 2 million pounds of trash along the river. And what we're doing is we're getting out there two to three times a week. Um, we are mapping where garbage is. So uh, we have a team of interns. They use their smartphones. They have a designated mapping app. Uh, twice a week, they map where they see trash along the river. And then two to three additional days a week, a separate team of volunteers goes to pick up that trash. So it's a well-oiled machine of data collection and action on that data. And then we use all that um Not only are we cleaning up trash on an active basis, but then we use all that data to advocate for, you know, if we see a spot where there's continually an issue, we can talk with landowners and we can address the problems as we see them and we can see changes and trends over time. So where do you see the most trash? Where do we see the most trash? 
Um, generally, we see it along the urban San Diego and urban Santee portions of the river. Uh, that's where we tend to see a lot of trash um, correlated with a few different trash types. So a, a part of the Healthy River Healthy Communities Program, uh, you mentioned the Clean and Green yeah. team. I'm assuming that's what you were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's our um, that's our big volunteer team. So that's a great opportunity to get involved if you hate trash and want to pick it up and want to see it go away. Uh, they're out there uh, about once a month picking up trash. And then they're kind of like our SEAL Team 6 version of that is uh, their river rescuers. So they do really targeted trash cleanup in really nasty areas. Okay, so yeah, there's river rescue, river blitz. Yep, river blitz is the data collection piece. So that happens once a year as a point in time count. And then additionally, we're out there, like I said, with our great awesome interns on a, a twice-a-week basis. Okay. Uh, now, just the other day, uh, you celebrated, the organization celebrated yeah. its 18th birthday. That yeah. was on July 18th, right? Yeah. Yeah. On Thursday, we turned 18, which is very exciting. Like I mentioned before, we were founded in uh, 2001. That was after that sewage bill that happened in 2000. So for our birthday this year, uh, we are launching a campaign inviting people to become friends of the San Diego River. So for $35 a year, Someone be- can become a friend of the river, supporting all that stuff we just talked about, the trash cleanup, the land conservation, the youth education, the park advocacy. Um, and then by becoming a friend of the river, they uh, get a newsletter in the mail. They get invited to special events. So they get some perks as well. So uh, being a friend of the river, that is becoming a member then, right? Yeah, yeah. That's our that's our code word for member. But okay. we like friend of the river because it's a little bit more fun. <laughs> All right. Now, you mentioned this uh, just a, a little while ago, too, and that's uh, the New River Education Center that's yeah. coming to Mission Valley. Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, in Mission Valley at the corner of Qualcomm Way and Camino del Rio North, uh, we were actually donated a piece of land there, an amazing gift uh, by the Grant family. And on that property, we will be building a free river education center. So we're going to be fri- providing free youth education there for 25,000 kids a year which is tenfold of the current number of kiddos that we're serving. And then there's also going to be a community park there as well. Um, Something that a lot of people might not know about Mission Valley is, according to state and national metrics, Mission Valley is actually a park-poor community. So there's actually fewer parks in that community than there should be for the number of people that live there or that live nearby. So by having this river education center that's going to serve kiddos and by having this community park, we're helping to address some of that need in that community. So how can people get involved with the foundation? How can they find out about upcoming events? Uh, The best way is to go to our website, which is sandiegoriver.org. And a great way to get involved is to come out and volunteer. Picking up trash, I mean, whatever your interest is, we probably have something for you. If you want to pick up trash, you want to monitor water quality, you want to educate kids, you want to uh, talk to community members, you want to uh, remove invasive plants, I mean, on and on and on. (laughs) Uh, We have all these opportunities for people to get involved. And then, of course, the other way that I mentioned for folks to get involved is to make a donation and become a friend of the river. Okay, now if somebody wants to volunteer. Yeah. What do they need to know? I mean, again, you've got different events and, and probably different things are needed but uh, or required. Yeah. Um, 
what should people know about volunteering? What should they bring with them? How should they dress? That sure. kind of thing. Well, it, it does depend on what you're doing. Uh, in general, uh, for volunteering, all that stuff's outside. So we always tell people to, you know, dress, um, in layers, to wear long pants, even if it's warm to wear long pants, cause we get out in the brambles a bit. Uh, to wear their sunscreen, uh, hat and sunglasses, bring water, all those sorts of things. Um, and then the thing that I think is important to know is that we really hope to tailor volunteer opportunities to what people want to do. So if they don't necessarily want to pull weeds or pick up trash, uh, we have other chances to work, help out in the office or to help with special events. Um, so there's really a chance for whatever your strength is or whatever your interest is to help out and to help create a better future for our San Diego River. And if somebody wants to make, uh, make a donation, they can do that at your website. Yep. Sandy. Aside from just becoming a, a, a member, yeah. or a friend of the river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's sandiegoriver.org, and there's a big donate button on there. Yeah, I want to go back just a, a, a bit to the uh, the connect mm-hmm. portion. Mm-hmm. You do um, three day field trips, yeah. Don't you? Yeah. So the cool thing about our Cool River program, which is our youth education program, the cool thing about it is there's two options for involvement. One is that one that I mentioned before, where they do hands-on learning through citizen science, testing water quality. And the other one is actually a three-day experience. Um, they get to see the river uh, in the headwaters, wide open spaces. They get to go for a hike. A lot of kiddos that we bring out there have never gone for a hike before um, or haven't seen a stream flowing in the mountains before. Uh, they do that one day, and then we try and do them all in a week is the best because they build on each other. Another day, they'd see the river in an urban setting. So we'll take them to Mission Trails Regional Park or to um, Mission Valley Preserve, which is a hidden gem in Mission Valley. Um, and they see, uh, they do water quality testing. So they see how urbanization, how people living nearby affects the river. They listen. And in, there they can not just hear bird song, but they hear cars and the trolley and, and other kind of sounds. And they think about how that might affect the wildlife that's living there along the river. And then on the last day, what they do is they get out to the river estuary. So that's at um, Ocean Beach. That's where our river mouth is. And there they do a community service project. Um, so they get to see not only three different habitat and environmental areas, but they also get to kind of understand they see an increasing urbanization as they're moving along the river. Mm, and so they right. increasingly see how human impacts affect the health of the wildlife and the habitat. Pretty cool. What kind of reaction feedback do you get from the kids and the parents? So I, I mentioned before that we had some kiddos that had never gone on a hike before. And we had a participant in one of these programs who was so nervous for the hike ahead of time. She was nervous. She wasn't sure she could do it. It seemed way out of her comfort zone. She was pretty, you know, unsure of herself. And after she went on this hike, I mean, she was beaming. She was so proud of Mm -hmm. herself. She had gone on a hike. She didn't know she could do it. And her uh, mother actually made a point to tell us how this one experience had affected her confidence level. And I think that's the ultimate goal in making these connections 
is by building this youth education center in Mission Valley, by having these field trips, we're creating these hands-on connections. And I'm sure we can all think back to a time when we had our first nature experience or an early nature experience. Uh, I, I think about me um, building a fort in, mm-hmm. in the woods or getting our hands dirty or catching tadpoles. Those early connections, they create a lifelong love of nature. And so uh, when I talk about connecting the community to our river in order to create a better future for that river, with the kiddos, we're actually cultivating the next generation of stewards. So the next generation of people who are going to care for this sensitive and special habitat area and who are going to champion the river. So you're not only teaching them. But in in this child's case, you're helping them in other ways too. Yeah, I mean, personally. I, yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think I hope. Uh, I kind of when I connote teaching, I tend to think of somebody standing up in front of a group of kids uh-huh. and lecturing at them. And I hope that um, what we try to ensure is that it's more of a experience facilitation almost. That we're there to be their guides and we're there to point things out to them and of course keep them safe. Um, less so than we are there to lecture at them or to mm-hmm. talk at them. Um, that we're hoping to facilitate these experiences for them that help them with their personal growth. And again, that's that's a it's a hands-on, pretty much a hands-on type situation that they're exactly. involved in. Exactly, and that's the point of not just the youth education, but of the volunteerism, the hikes, the special events, by really getting people involved. And anybody who wants to can come join us and get involved <laughs> uh, in hands-on experience, picking up trash, going for hikes, um, you know, testing water quality, all of these things by creating these hands-on connections. There's more of a passion. And uh, there's more care that we have for the resource. Um, So that's why we facilitate all of those connections. And all the information that uh, someone would need to know about these, all these different events is at your website? Yeah, yeah. Actually, right on our homepage is the event calendar. So really easy to find. And then they can sign up there, or do they just show up at some of these events? Uh, The best way to do it is, so again, it's sandiegoriver.org. The best way to do it is on that calendar, just click on the event, and there's sign-up instructions in there. Oh, okay. Uh, Usually you can give us a phone call or send us an email. Okay, great. And uh, are you on social media? Of course, of course. Uh, We're on Facebook, uh, where I think we have about 30,000 followers. Uh, We're on uh, Facebook. We're uh, the San Diego River Park Foundation. On uh, Instagram, we're San Diego River. Twitter, we're San Diego River. And uh, you can always find us on YouTube and LinkedIn and a few of those other ones that I don't know that people are using too much anymore. (laughs) All right. Great. Thank you, Allie. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for all you do at the San Diego River Park Foundation. Keep doing what you're doing. It's greatly appreciated. Well, thank you for having me this morning. That concludes another edition of Living Better in San Diego. The opinions expressed on Living Better in San Diego do not necessarily reflect the opinions and views of the staff and management of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. Episodes of Living Better in San Diego are available on this station's website. Join me next week when my guest will be from the Living Coast Discovery Center. Until then, I'm Gary Lee. Have a great week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.